Hey, family, what's going on? Hold up a sec. Let me try my keys real quick. Oh, there it go. And that works. Okay. Hey, family, I'm about to get into this interview. If you know anything about Jonathan Soul, I talked to uh, sci-fi writers, comic book creators from the African community worldwide. So sit back and relax. If you're interested in what creative people think about business, the business that they're in, think about culture, think about politics, you're in the right place. If you're not, then there's a, you see that door down the hall? It's an airlock. Don't even worry about it. I got you. Just step in there and I'll take care of everything. All right. All right. Let's get into this interview. Uh, I'm, I'm talking to a guest who's like our own uh, Alfred Hitchcock. You know what I mean? With a fro. Uh, somebody who, uh, with style, with finesse, you understand, with a little bit of elegance will scare the hell out of you. I'm talking about somebody who's currently got a book out uh, called Frenzied. I'm not saying that it's necessarily, you know, a theme that we've seen, you know, in our darkest uh, hours, but it might be something like zombie attack. I'm talking about <laughs> the frenzied suspend the, the frenzied novel by Brandon Massey. What's going on, brother? What's going on, man? Thanks for inviting me back on the show. Of course, man. Of course, you are uh, you're a veteran of the Jonathan Soul. Uh, situation. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say citizen, but that's that's been taken. <laughs> <laughs> so last time you was on, man, I teased you about you know leaving Chicago and going to Atlanta and yeah. Trump and all this other kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. we've we've been under this uh, regime for what, like uh, a year? You know, it was like twenty years, but yeah, <laughs> it feels like twenty years, man. <laughs> I mean, what's what's the what's the word on the streets? The vibe in Atlanta, man. People look at Atlanta like it's a, a kind of a mecca, right? I, I talked to a brother yeah. who's saying that Marvel is shooting down there. Tyler Perry is That's is is, is yeah. making bread. I mean, what's the vibe in Atlanta like right now, Brandon? So you know, in Atlanta, it's cool because Atlanta, the city, you know, the metro area is is pretty diverse, um, progressive. Uh, area. So, you know, highly, you know, let's just say it, it's democratic. You get outside of those metropolitan limits, though, it's like going back in time, like, you know, 60 years. Okay. So that's when you run into the folks, you know, with the Confederate flags. Um, you know, to give you an example, last week I saw this dude driving past in a pickup truck and he had two Trump flags waving from his uh, the cargo bed of his truck, two flags. Damn. Like he was going to a parade wow. for Donald Trump, seriously. So that's the kind of stuff you see when you venture outside of that metro area. Mm. So, you know, it's just kind of a trip because, you know, you, you, you're all right. You stay in Atlanta, you know, you stay in the suburbs, you get outside of that. You know, it's crazy. You know, you see these, these rabid, Trump supporters, mm -hmm. just you know, you gotta watch, you gotta watch yourself, you know. So, so you're uh, saying if you venture outside the dome, yeah. <laughs> you see so. all these all these crazy people. Is that is that the deal? I mean, that's, that's kind of like everywhere, man. And you know, D.C. PG County, that's like the dome. <laughs> but you slide into Baltimore, some of these other areas. It's like you, like you said, you step back in time. It's like whoa. Right. 
Exactly. So. You know, well, now you've been you've been publishing for is it 20 years now? It's going on about 20 years. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And the thing that blew my mind the last time we talked was you said that there's a large, if not the majority of, of your demographic is women. I yeah, still that, can't wrap my yeah. head around that. <laughs> I've, you know, I don't really know how that happened, honestly. I mean, I'm grateful for the support because they are, trust me, they are incredibly loyal readers. I mean, they read everything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, read it twice, you know, three times. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know they, they spread the word to their friends, you know, and it's, it's just really, uh, it's, you know, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But when I first started doing this, I really didn't didn't expect that. Right. But, um, you know, I do have some some men who read, but I would I would guess just just based on, uh, you know, email that I get, you know, people I've met at different events. It's probably only 20 percent men. Rest okay. of us. Yeah. So, um, you know, and that's cool. I mean, you know, I'm grateful. Ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I want people to read my work. So. Right. Um, that's great. But, you know, I am trying, you know, I, I do try to represent uh, black men in particular uh, as strong individuals, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's very important to me. That's something I write about with pretty much every book. Now, I appreciate so, that. The first yeah, novel yeah. I looked at was In the Dark last year. And, yeah. um, you know, the brother was represented strong here. And uh, I believe it's Deacon. Uh, the brother in frenzy that you know supposed to look like Idris Alba. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I hope he survives, man. You know what I mean. I, ho- I hope the brother makes it. You know what I mean. Uh, but yeah. the the thing I think that's incredible is, um, you know, of course, you know, my thought was okay. Women probably gravitate toward this horror, suspense, thriller vibration because of the emotional ups and downs. You know, uh, a kind of a thing. Now, do you ever get an email or, or or some kind of social media post from a reader like two or three o'clock in the morning, like Brandon, I can't sleep. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm in the middle of your novel. Yeah. What's going on? Are you serious? Yeah, I've gotten emails like that where they will email me at like you know two a.m. and I'll you know I'll find that email when I first check my email in the morning, and they'll they'll basically say, "I just finished reading." such and such, such and such, and you kept me up, you know, all night. Or uh, what they often say is, I can't read your books when I'm at home alone. Wow. Because it scares me too much. Or I got to keep the lights on, you know. Okay. So when I hear that kind of feedback, that to me is proof that I'm I'm being effective with what I'm doing. So, you know, the whole point is to keep you off balance. Now, you know, things – resolve themselves by the time the story all ends. But in the course of reading it, you just, I'm trying to keep people turning the pages. I'm trying to keep you on the edge of your seat. Mm -hmm. And if I can do that, you know, if I can get that email at 3 a.m., to me, that's proof that I must have done something right. So here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. If you are scaring people to that degree, Mm -hmm. I mean, like, can you be scared? I mean, do you hear a bump in the night <laughs> and you don't even turn around, you just keep writing, you just keep working? Somehow come up behind and say, boo, you just keep on moving. I mean, are you like that? Or do you watch scary stuff? Do you have to write during the day? You know what I mean? How, what's your process like? Because 
mm-hmm. when I write, if mm-hmm. I write some emotional scene, I feel it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking you can't be feeling this stuff because you'd be <laughs> you'd be tripping. Well, you know, the thing is, is uh, I do watch and read a lot of, uh, you know, horror, sci-fi, uh, you know, scary sci-fi type stories. OK, OK. What do you what do you do? What do you, what's your Netflix uh, 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 situation like? What, what do you be watching? Well, so one of the, one of the series I just finished well, about a month ago was uh, Stranger Things. Did you see that? Yeah, the little ball headed baby. I mean, ball headed girl and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was good. I, I I enjoyed that. They did a good job. You know, a lot of that series. You know, they were using uh, you know stories from the eighties, just kind of bouncing off of those. But that was really well done. Um, there was that. I you know, I watch a lot of independent stuff. Okay. Things that you know they they don't really get released in the theater. It may just come out on Netflix. Like what? Um. Oh, this one movie, uh, really, really scary movie. I don't know if you've seen it. It's called The Babadook. You ever heard of that? Oh, shit, dude. That was <laughs> fucking scary, man. That was in the end. Uh, the ending, I'm not going to tell the ending, but the ending totally blew my mind. That yeah. was, it, I didn't expect it to be scary. Yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, that wasn't really horror. Was it horror? I think, I think so. Um, but I think what made it effective and it's interesting because I try to do something similar with my own stories is just, uh, you know, the relationship in that movie between the mother and her son. Yeah. Um, was very realistic. You know, it was very intense. And I think in, in my, a lot of my books, there is some type of family dynamic okay. at play. All right. uh, even in this new book, uh, Frenzied. You know, without giving away the story, right? Um, you know, the the main villain in this particular story, you know, there's a family situation that's lying at the core of what's going on. Okay, um, I haven't got to that part yet, so please don't. Yeah, I won't ruin it for you or okay. for anyone who hasn't read it. But you know, um, it's just that the, type the of Saint Bernard is- just just lumped off into the woods. That's where I am right now. So. Okay, no spoiler for me, brother. Okay, right. yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, you'll get to that, but yeah. Uh-huh. That, there's a family dynamic that's at the core of things, All right. like conflict between, you know, family members, because when you think about, you know, that tends to be reflective of real life, mm-hmm. where some of your most difficult relationships are with people that are close to you, you know, like right. a father or, you know, a brother or sister or uncle or um, you know, a child even, hey, you know, so uh, it's, it's always a good place to start when mm-hmm. coming up the story that'll keep people's attention. Okay. All right. Let's get into frenzy a little bit before I start asking you your top 10 horror movies and we start talking about Trump. <laughs> so uh, frenzy uh, is it's based in Atlanta. seems like a gated community. You know, it seems like Mayberry with money. You know what I mean? That's a perfect analogy. Mary Berry with money. Exactly. Yeah, and, you know, Mayberry with money. So, so just give me a sense of, of, of what's happening. Yeah. So in this story, it's about this uh, well-to-do community, like you said, Mayberry with money, uh, isolated in the sense that they, you know, it's gated. Mm-hmm. So um, you can't just roll up in there. It's not like anybody can get in. There's a, you know, a security gate to get in. So what ends up happening when the story opens, there's this college kid who's at home over, you know, uh, summer vacation. Mm-hmm. His parents just come in from a trip and this dude just pops off and, 
attacks his dad with a machete, yep. comes at his mom, you know, just this incredibly violent, uh, almost over-the-top type opening to the story. But I yeah. really wanted to have that set the tone for, um, you know, the action that was to come and to just get people's attention. So what happens from there, we start to see other people who live in this community uh, just exhibiting this highly bizarre behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them are acting out, you know, obsessions that they've got. Yeah. Um, others are literally taking off all their clothes and running off down the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're talking about folks who are, you know, doctors, lawyers, business people, folks who we would consider respectable, but they're basically all losing their shit. Mm-hmm. So, um, the story really primarily follows Mark Deacon, who okay. is an ex-cop, but he actually has been working here for a couple of years as the head of security, mm-hmm. the private security force. Yeah. You know, this dude is retired. I mean, he retired from the Atlanta P- uh, PD. Mm-hmm. This is basically his, you know, what he thought would be an easy career to just sort of wind out the rest of his, uh, you know, work and life. But next thing you know, he's thrown in the, into the middle of this incredibly chaotic situation and uh no one's he's basically responsible for making for for getting everything back on track so um that's pretty much what it's about you know you get to see a a diverse cast of characters uh you got deacon you know he's the the black cop his partner uh jim you know you got the um the scientists from the uh centers of center of disease control and Control and Prevention, the CDC. Mm-hmm. Hannah, she gets involved. And, uh, you know, so it's just a, a wide range of characters who all are have to come together and um, figure out what's going on and try to save themselves. And that was another thing I really wanted to write about. Mm-hmm. A lot of my prior stories have tended to focus almost exclusively on African-Americans, you know, and that's, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's okay to also want to explore relationships amongst different people, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. especially not to get political, but I will, but you got to get political with me, brother on Jonathansoul.com. That's what we do, baby. (laughs) Go ahead, man. You know, in our current uh, time, it's more important than ever that folks just kind of get outside of that tribe. If you know what I mean? Okay. Get outside the echo chamber. I think okay. that's been a lot of the problem um, with this whole election and just just all the the uh, inability for folks to to talk to each other anymore. To, in some extent, you know, you you hear about uh, you know when the election was going on, you know, folks who had to ban conversation about politics at their Thanksgiving dinners. Or, you know, not inviting people in their own family to a dinner because they knew so-and-so was a Trump supporter or whatever. And you just think about how crazy that is that we've allowed this kind of stuff to just divide us. And, uh, you know, what this particular story is showing is people who, you know, they may have differences politically, but they all have a common purpose, a common goal. Mm -hmm. And you have that. You know, you can do great things, but you got to be able to get past, you know, some of this, uh, some of these barriers that we tend to put up between, you know, one another. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, what uh, 
Mr. Uh, Massey is trying to say is that it's easy to reach across the aisle if there's a zombie chasing you. Exactly. I mean, you, I think we can all agree on survival. <laughs> exactly. Now, now, I, now, can we be honest, man? This story is about meth. That's what I was thinking. There's a meth lab in Southampton someplace that I'm not going to read till like chapter 39 or something. They're going to be cooking back there. And this, you know what I mean? That's what's going to be. It's not zombies. It's not a, a virus. It is the opioid crisis. That it's a metaphor, right? That's that's what it is. It's a metaphor. Or maybe it's the the harvest boxes that Trump is supposed to give and the spam that he's going to give you got the virus. Is that it? Yeah. yeah uh, no. <laughs> see, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. So, so you know, it's funny, man. Um, I guess there are periods of time when, you know, the the the, the muse maybe is of a, a utopian kind of vibration. So maybe, you know, there was a period when, you know, some sci-fi people were doing like the, you know, projecting into the future. And there was like utopian, the Star Trek, you know, star, you know, kind of a thing. And then, you know, something happens and then people kind of get with the, you know, dystopic kind of vibration. Uh, you know, where are we, do you think, in, in, in the, you know, I'm assuming that art is just reflecting people's, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, I think where we are right now. And I'm, I think you look at Black Panther, you know, mm -hmm. the success of that film. Right. I think we could really be looking at just some Afrofuturistic type stories that are you're going to see more and more of that. OK. Um, you know, now that's not new, but it's new to in a mainstream sense. I guess it, it probably is considered new. But you have folks like, uh, you know, like we were talking about. Milton Davis earlier, um, you know, as well as many other people, they've been writing this kind of stuff for years. I mean, it's mm -hmm. not new. Um, uh, hell, Black Panther, the character, isn't new. You know, that character's been around for decades. Right. But you see now with the unprecedented level of success that that film has enjoyed, all of a sudden people see, people, I mean, like industry people, see that, they, oh, hey, there's, actually is a market for this, a big market, you know, an international market. I think you're going to see a lot more stories like that, both on screen and in the, you know, in the pages of, uh, of books as well. Um, and I think that's a good thing. You know, it, it's, it's long overdue, but I'm, I'm seeing that that's those kinds of stories I think are going to get a lot more attention than they have up, up until this point. Are we looking at, the Black Panther, you know, Marvel's Black Panther movie, I should say Ryan Coogler's uh, Black mm -hmm. Panther movie. Are we looking at it in context? When the reason why I say that is because I I, I think it's a sci-fi. Now, mm -hmm. now, now, hear me what I'm saying, okay? Just in terms of the way it was received by the planet. Mm -hmm. The last time I seen this type of energy, Obama was mm -hmm. was... was you know what I mean? Coming on the scene. Yeah, right. I almost feel like, I mean, we've had black movies before. We've had mm -hmm. all black cast before. We had black superheroes. Well, not mm -hmm. really. I mean, the closest we had was Blade, but that was an anti-hero, I guess you could say. Right. Right. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I think that a part of it is that the world just wanted to see Wakanda. That's a part of it. Another mm -hmm. part of it to me, maybe I'm reaching, but 
I feel like Black Panther stood up so tall because Trump was in the background making mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. creepy. And I feel like some kind of way, this is just me talking, some kind of way I think mm -hmm. maybe the world kind of wants that Black superhero mm -hmm. thing to happen. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? It's like when, when, when Obama came through, yep. people said, oh, yeah, he's he's black, you know, back in the, we don't know his background, really. You know what I mean? He, you know, we spent all this time in the Philippines. But, you know what I mean? It's this black dude. He really knows what right. it's like. He's going to help us throw off the shackles, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then, right. you know what I mean? We found out he was just one of the boys. You know what I mean? You know, one of the, you know. Mm -hmm. And then when Black Panther came, you, you, know, you know what I'm trying to say, man? I think, yeah, I think so. I think it's... Uh, there's a lot of idealism tied to it. Maybe yeah. that's what you're saying. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I think for black for black folks, I know what you're saying globally. I think for black folks, like if Black Panther came out, you know, the first the first year of of Obama. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm tripping. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think you could probably say if it had come out then, it probably wouldn't have been as successful. But I think. Given the time and the place, mm -hmm. um, it's it's almost like a reaction um, against the Trumpers, yeah, you know, and all the you know the foolishness that they've you know been been shoving on the people to see this movie that you know celebrates blackness, mm -hmm. you know, in all its different shades. Yeah, um, it's a powerful uh, you know message to say you know. You know, we're not having it. You know, we want, we believe, we don't believe what the myth that you're trying to give us. Yeah. You know, make America great again. Well, you know, what exactly does that mean? You're a colonizer, you know? Right. We know we know exactly what that means. I, I, guess I feel like, I guess I feel, this is just me. It might be my delusion, but I, I truly believe this. I feel like, the oppressed people of the world or the people who just don't like the way things are going kind of mm -hmm. see African-Americans in some kind of symbolistic kind of a way. And mm -hmm. that when they make uh, moves forward, I think there's a part of those people that kind of want to identify with that. You know, mm -hmm. I think that's why when the Black Panthers, you know, started coming in like the original Black Panthers from like, you know, Oakland and later in, I think it was the Chicago or whatever. When they started mm -hmm. coming into prominence, they were accepted all around the world. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? When we had, when America had bad relationships with China, I mean, if I my, know my history, um, uh, my, uh, they got in, uh, Huey and all those guys got invited mm -hmm. to, uh, to communist uh, China as, digni as, uh, as diplomats, dignitaries. <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. when America wasn't talking to him. Right. You know, right. kind of a thing. So, I mean, I've, I've heard people, you know, in different parts of the world going to uh, the Black Panther movie, not just in African attire, but like mm -hmm. in their own Asian attire. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, and there was this one young lady. She's in Malaysia. A little girl. She reminded me of my daughter. She's on YouTube. And mm -hmm. um, she was saying that amongst her friends, she knows many people like Killmonger. Mm -hmm. right. Many people, and she's in Malaysia. So I feel like you know, there's there's a, a lot of uh, you know identification there and symbolism and kind of voyeuristic kind of. I hope they win because if they can win, then maybe we can win too, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so so this 
I, I tell you, man, you know, going back to that last conversation, yeah, you told me that a large majority of your audience is women and that they're African-American women. Right. And, uh, and, and that, that still blows my mind. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? It still blows my mind. When you think about, like, let's put it like this. When you, years ago when you were dating, did you ever take a girl out to a horror movie? I did, yeah. Really? What was so her my, reaction? Little, you know, she's a little bit different. Now, I, I'll just say this, though. My wife likes those kinds of movies, but I dated women in the past who did not. Ah, I actually, okay. I actually had a date um, where I, the woman came to my apartment and we watched, you know, she was like, what What do you want to watch? And I, you remember that movie Candyman? Sure, with that brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's some scary, freaky. Yeah, yeah. So I put Candyman on and she was so freaked out she left early. I mean, it wow. was. Wow. <laughs> well, that didn't go according to plan. <laughs> uh, that, was, yeah, that, didn't, that didn't go too far, but. Yeah, I mean, when you take a girl to a scary movie, you expect her to grab onto you and everything and all that kind of a stuff. But I've right. just never met a girl who who willingly chose, you know, to to go to you know, it's usually a romantic comedy or or, or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. um, is have you met any of your uh, of, of your your fans in person? Do you get yeah. a, like are they? Do you can get a sense of what other interests they may have? I mean, um, so a lot of book clubs um, select my work, and I will so I will meet them with on Skype. Um, over the over the years, I've met many of them in person. That you know, uh, they have these discussions where they literally want you to come to their house. You know, come to a member's house. Like they fix dinner for you. I mean, they really oh wow, it. that's old school. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think what the draw is is. Um, they they're already reading, you know, the the romantic story or mm -hmm. the historical story. They want to read something different. Okay. And um, I think that's where a lot of the interest comes from is these clubs. You know, they're always trying to. First of all, they're always trying to support African American authors. Beautiful. That's that's a big, uh, you know, big uh, mandate for them. So when they find someone who's doing something different. Um, like like me or some other authors, you know, and they try it. If they like it, they want to read more of it. So um, I think that's just how it, it kind of started. But it was very unexpected uh, when I first started writing. I, I didn't think it was going to go that way. But mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. hey, you know, that's the audience. You know, they're happy with what I'm doing. I love I love the support. I'm going to keep you know making sure that you know I nurture that audience. Now, in terms of uh, being a writer in this genre, the, are there a lot of, uh, uh, you know, colleagues that you have that work in this particular, uh, you know, flavor of suspense? Or are they, you know, working on like, you know, space bound stuff? Are they working on drama? I mean, your writer friends, what genres are they working in? Um, some of my closest writer friends do write similar material or science fiction. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you look at like a Tanana Reevedu, you know, her work is, you know, we have a lot of similarities with what we're doing. Uh, Stephen Barnes is another one. He's, um, he's been writing sci-fi, you know, much longer than I have, but um, aren't, so those, aren't those two married? 
They are, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. I thought so. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you have them, you know, you have um, some other, a lot of lot of ladies who are getting really big with the sci-fi, like N.K. Uh, Jemison. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. Yeah, she's, I've got um, one of her books, Been To, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's, there's uh, Octavia Butler, who, you know, she's passed on, but her work is, you know, continues to live and thrive. So you have this... It's not a large group, but it's a growing group of uh, writers who are writing this kinds of material um, mm-hmm. and, you know, um, just building the audience, mm-hmm. showing, uh, you know, that black, black people can write all kinds of different things. We don't just write romance or Christian fiction or, you know, urban fiction, so to speak. You know, we're, we're really across the entire spectrum. Yeah. And um you know, there's opportunities for readers if you want to read something different. You know, there's a lot of different things out there to try. Okay. For uh, someone who wants to get started uh, with uh, Brandon Massey's work, what are the first, say, five novels you would suggest that they read? And ladies and gentlemen, you can go to brandonmassey.com. You know, Brandon, B-R-A-N-D-O-N-M-A-S-S-E-Y.com. And uh, you can check out his stuff. And you can also go to Dark Corner Publishing, right? Doesn't that resolve to the same site? It does. It resolves to, to Brandon Massey. Yep. Gotcha, gotcha. So what are the first five novels you would suggest that people read to get started with uh, Brandon Massey's work? I would say number one would be Dark Corner. That's um, my most popular book. Okay. So I think that's a good place for folks to start. A uh, brief one-sentence uh, synopsis of Dark Corner. Uh Vampires come to Mississippi town. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Number two. Um, the other brother. Oh, all right. Yeah. That one is about, um, might be a little harder for me to give one sentence, but basically, think? uh, a, a grown man who was, um, his family never never knew he existed. His his father hid him from his family. Shows up and he wants what he feels is what he deserves okay. uh, from his father's family. So that's the other brother. Um, the next one would be Within the Shadows, and that one I I could call that Fatal Attraction with a Supernatural Twist. All right, so that's that story. Um, Covenant would be the fourth book, and that is really more of an action adventure thriller that deals with um, surveillance and uh, this organization that basically has eyes everywhere. Okay, so it's Covenant, and then I would actually say, I think this most recent book, well, the one we're talking about right now, Frenzied, um, I would, I think people should check this one out as well. So those would be five that I would recommend. Actually, I'd recommend all of them, but of course, of course, of course, five that, that I think would be a good start. Okay. All right. And of course, the, these books are available in uh, print in PDF. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. Print and eBooks. Some of them are available on audio, um, from the prior publisher, so you could get um, actually three of them are available in audio editions: uh, Dark Corner, 
Within the Shadows and the Other Brother are all in audiobook as well. So some folks really like to prefer the audio format. So yeah, you could get those there. Yeah, I actually prefer the audio format. I read slow. My daughter told me <laughs> I read like uh, Floyd Mayweather. I was like, damn, <laughs> messed up. So uh, I tend to get the audio books or, or, or have, you know, uh, the computer read to me. Um, so I, I want to let you go, man. I don't want to keep you all night, but I did want to get like your top five scary horror movies. You know top what I mean? Top five movies. Okay. Let me think. So some of these are going to be pretty old, but, and I still find them good to be good films. So I would say, uh, the first alien movie, yep. which came out in the seventies, um, the Thing, you remember that one? Yeah, but you know, I don't rem- I know it, but I don't know it. I don't remember seeing. It. I just remember the Blob or whatever. But yeah, okay, all right, The Thing. So The Thing, the original one that, well, not the original, the one that came out, the John Carpenter version in the eighties. Okay, um, that's a good one. I would say um, The Exorcist. Oh yeah, <clears throat> which still freaks me out. I can barely now. Watch I it. do have to say <laughs> that <clears throat> I've forgiven him. You know, but when I when I showed my my some of my kids The Exorcist, a movie that scared the life out of me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They laughed. <laughs> I was like, "Are you? This is the scariest movie ever made." And then the girl, ah, and they t- see, they was busting out laughing. I was like, "Don't you know people fainted in the movie theater in yeah, the seventies exactly. when this thing came out? Nothing like this." They was just. I was like, "Wow." <laughs> These millennials, man, <laughs> I'll tell you what. But anyway, okay, The Exorcist. Uh, so that's number three. Uh, let me think. So four and five, that starts to get a little bit tougher. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I enjoyed The Babadook. I'm not sure. You know, I'm just going to say that one. As okay. number four. Uh, I found that movie to be deeply disturbing. Yeah. Um, there actually is one that I think people probably haven't heard about, but they should watch. It's a uh, Korean film. It's on Netflix. It's called Train to Busan. You ever mm. heard of that? No. Yeah, Train. It's a zombie film. Train to Busan. B-U-S-A-N. Um, that would be my number five. That is an excellent, excellent film. Okay. I recommend that people check that one out. Wow. All right. Yeah. Well, I thought you were going to, it was another, it was a Korean film that I watched a long time ago, but it was, I actually went to the theater to see mm-hmm. it, but it was like this dude who became a vampire. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's like modern day, you know, kind of thing yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I think eventually his girl, you know, mm-hmm. or something, whatever. But yeah, that was, that was the odd, you know, but okay. Bob Duke. Now let me give you my top five. You tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. All right. Number one. It's got to be uh, my man, David Soul in it. Uh, oh, come on, brain. Uh, David Soul, Vampires. Salem's Lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Salem's Lot. That's number one. Scared the shit out of me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I still remember I was in the living room. I was 15 <laughs> years old. Mom had went someplace. My sister was out with her friends. Twilight. <laughs> You know what I mean? Little little lines of you know on the wall from the blinds and stuff, and mm-hmm. that that daggone black uh, sheet 
crashed through the window. And the guy's like, oh shit, what's that, baby? And then and then that thing stood up about seven feet tall. I was like, ah, you know what I mean? Was like, I wasn't good for like three or four days, man. That was crazy. That, that was scary. That, that was, was scary. crazy. And then of course, um, you know, the exorcist. You know, I mean, that's 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 pretty scary. I don't care what my kids say. Uh, that's very scary. Um, I have to say that the next one that really creeped me out. Oh, man. Now, now I'm getting so excited. You kind of took aliens, so I can't do aliens. <laughs> um, let's see here. So with Salem's Lot, I have like, already uh, my uh, uh, and, Oh, the, the family horror movie is 30 Days a Night. You ever see that? Oh, you know what? I've I've been meaning to catch that one. That's like the best scary B movie you'll ever see. Thirty days a night. Thirty days. Okay, I'm gonna watch that this weekend. Yeah, cause um, that we we've probably seen it around thirty times. They was just at that middle school age when it came out. That's when you they still look at scary movies under the sheets. <laughs> you gotta get the blanket. They sit on the couch and they they come up. So uh, yeah, that's scary. But the premise is so boss. You know, uh, uh, you know, oil drilling town. There's about to be that month long, you know, in the winter where there's no sunlight. And all of a sudden, you know, the boogeyman comes to town kind of thing. Yep. yep. So that was that was dope. And I don't know, man, I can't remember. It was, I can't remember. The other two. I think probably Alien and uh, Babadook does come to mind. I've seen some Asian films, but they were more gross than scary. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But um, some I think I said this the last interview, and maybe we can wrap it up here. The thing about the horror genre, the service that it provides, is that mm -hmm. it scares the hell out of us. Right. And it kind of lets us know that we're alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it kind of like, well, I'm glad I didn't get my face bit off. You know what I mean? You mm -hmm. know, unless you happen to be in Miami and, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's also, you know, you always see this in a horror film that characters are you're yelling at the screen, telling them, don't go in there. Yeah. Don't do that. And we always think that we would do something differently mm -hmm. than what the character is doing. So it's almost like a way of sort of mapping out how would I how would you personally survive that situation? Right. So, um, so yeah, um, you're right. You know, it, it just basically celebrates life in a sense in a weird twisted kind of way seeing these mm -hmm. people get horribly <laughs> hunted down by the by the by the, by the monsters and the thing the thing that's scary about the last couple of novels of yours that i looked at is that they're not so outlandish that it couldn't kind of happen yeah exactly. you know what i mean it's like 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 i was telling my daughter about the the book and she was like, oh, Miami uh, zombie bath salts. I was like, don't, you know, I'm a conspiracy. Well, you not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Kind of thing. So it's, it's not too far off. Um, Brandon, you do quality work, man. If people want to uh, reach out to you on social media, they want to pick up your novels. What do they do? Uh, hit me up on brandonmassey.com or on Facebook. Uh, I'm on there as well. So that is what you do. I would say to get the books. The best place to go would just be to go to Amazon. They have uh, audio editions, paperback. They got the eBooks, so that would be my suggestion for folks to check them out. 
And uh, if folk want to actually meet you in person, they can go to Blackstacon. Is that correct? That is correct. That is uh, first week of June. It's at Georgia Tech. Uh, I can get you the link. I'm actually looking at it now. So Black Black Tasticon family, if y'all don't know, is organized by the brilliant uh, Milton Davis. He's, uh, I guess you would call him a sword and soul writer, you know, kind of like a, right. yeah. a black uh, Conan the Barbarian kind of vibration. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good way to describe it. And, yeah. uh, and the other superpower that he has is that he brings people together. There's right. a, um, there's a, uh, uh, a Facebook group that I used to get in, but Facebook kicked me out. There's a Facebook group uh, called uh, the State of Black Science Fiction that has like, I think, 2,500 members or something crazy like that. Yep. And um, they're going to throw this uh, this black uh, sci-fi comic uh, book convention thing down at Georgia Tech June 16th and the 17th this year. Uh, let's see, the first student center and uh, fantastic uh, writers like uh, Brandon Massey is going to be down there along with others. And um, I'll be down there interviewing people and, uh, you know, seeing if I can get a good deal on some books and all that good stuff. So, uh, <laughs> come on, baby. You know, I'm, thinking, you know, I'm just playing. But, uh, yeah, we're definitely going to uh, to uh, have some fun down there. So if y'all are in the area around June, definitely check them out. And uh, if you go to the site, uh, Black Tasty, you know, T-A-S-T-I con dot com, you can uh, get your tickets. I think the tickets are just it's not even let me see. I must take like 30 bucks or something. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. something real cheap. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to get all my little, uh, my backpack with my microphone will travel and cool. then I'll be able to see the brothers and the sisters, shake a hand, shake a hand. And uh, it'll be a good time. Yep. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Mr. Brandon Massey, it's been an honor to have you on the program. Most definitely, man. I appreciate it. Yo family. I hope y'all enjoy that interview as much as I enjoy bringing it to you. This is Jonathan Soul speaking with you now. Of course, you can go to jonathansoul.com for more episodes. You can uh, subscribe there. You can also subscribe on uh, SoundCloud and iTunes. Follow me on Twitter, J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N-S-O-U-L, on Instagram. And, of course, if you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see where I do videos uh, reviewing the comics. Uh, the thing about comics is it's not just for collectors or, or enthusiasts of the art form like myself. It's about getting your kids to read again. You know, C. Tick Run is boring as hell, but when they see Bangs at Pow and they're black characters, that's a whole world of difference. Uh, also, family, you can support the channel by going to Amazon or, or my site and picking up my novel, my sci-fi novel, Malcolm Mars. I love you guys. Hope all your dreams come true. See you next Sunday here on Jonathan Soul. Peace.